And the fact that you still stand here and you want to still do this just blows my mind. I don't get it. You can't beat me, Jay. Little Jay, you can't beat me. And I want to know what's going through your mind right now because I don't understand the fact that you actually think that you can beat me. It's because I already beat you. I pinned you. I'm the only one to do it. And at SummerSlam... I'm gonna beat you again. Wait, 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 wait. I knew, I knew Will Smith was in the game, but I didn't know Uncle Phil became a rapper. <laughs> he says, "Who hotter than Top Dollar? A lot, a lot, yeah." <laughs> and what uh, I think you just said before we came on the air, you said. New Orleans, corny, right? <laughs> but uh, I don't know, the way B-Fab's been looking at me, I think she's got a little tingle in her loins. I say, she's horny, yeah? <laughs> but business before pleasure, and the business is with this man. So Shantae, I tell you what, A lot of people claim to be undeniable. A lot of people claim to be inevitable. I live it. And what that means is tonight, you can be the next to get dropped on your head, courtesy of the megastar, with everybody saying. You're listening to your SmackDown review here on the Dirty Sheets podcast. You can follow the Dirty Sheets new Twitter account. It is at Dirty Sheets X. That's at Dirty Sheets X. That's the only place where we are going to tweet about wrestling. And whilst I do not run the account, I will be getting my tweets out through Cav. And if you have anything to say to me, if you have any response, then that will get back to me as well. The best way to interact with me, though, is to sign up to my wrestling Patreon, which is thedatesheets.com. That's where you'll get the latest news or to upgrade to the additional podcast. Now, this podcast is free. The Raw review was free on Monday or Tuesday, rather, and it will be free again this week, as will be the SummerSlam preview, because we're going to be doing that on YouTube. And also the first episode of Wrestling Lists will be a YouTube show, as will the return of Wrestling Informer. After that, these shows are going to be behind a subscription service, but it's not Patreon or Gumroad or anything like that. You'll see the podcast pop up on your feed. Some of them will be free. For example, the Dirty Sheets Weekly podcast will forever be free. Far too many people are listening to that for us to suddenly whack it behind a paywall. We will always give you that show for free. But um, some of the shows will be behind a paywall. It will be the SmackDown review. It will be the additional bonus audio from Cav whilst he's uh, doing the NFL with me and not doing Dirty Sheets. It will be the Monday Night Raw review. And it will be the bonus shows of Wrestling Informer, Superstar Profiles and Wrestling Lists. Occasionally, we will give you some of these shows for free as a treat, just so you guys can sample what they sound like. But you're getting a full week of samples right now. As I said, you had the Raw review and you'll get this SmackDown review as well. Before we move on to that, let me also tell you there is a new lock betting Twitter as well. But if you want to talk to me about wrestling, I won't talk to you about wrestling on lock betting. 
that'll only be via the dirty sheets. If you ask me wrestling stuff on Lockbane, I will just immediately block you because I just don't want things crossing over this time. The Twitter account is at LockBettingX. That's at LockBettingX. We are getting on board with the whole X thing. That's where I'll be posting free plays so you can make some money. That will also sometimes include some wrestling free plays as well. And that's also the place where I post my monthly spreadsheet. LockBetting is a service that has delivered 121 months in a row of transparent track profit. That means for over a decade, I haven't had a single losing month in sports betting. Once those spreadsheets are off Twitter, they then go to lockbetting.com where you can see every single one. That's what it means to be transparent and tracked. And uh, once you do your due diligence, and I actually encourage people to do their due diligence because I've got nothing to hide. I am transparent and tracked. So I encourage people to head over to that website, have a look. And once you are happy and once you are ready to make that money, sign up for the service. Now is the best time to sign up because we have future season coming up. Future season is essentially where you can make the most money long term because futures of one unit and over cash at 81% all time. Futures are plays where you say what's going to happen at the start of a season and then you cash your money once it comes to fruition. So we're going to have Premier League futures, the League of Futures, Serie A futures, Bundesliga futures and futures for the NFL coming up next month as well. So a ton of money to be made. It is the best time to sign up. And if you want to make that money, head over to lockbetting.com and follow the Twitter account if you're interested in sports betting at lockbettingx and the wrestling one once again is at dirty sheets x so moving on with this smackdown review it's one of those smackdowns that's easily digestible it starts with the bloodline and it ends with the bloodline and the bloodline is the best thing that we have in wrestling so it's a very very simplistic show it just needs to not fall flat in the middle and I don't think this one did I thought we had enough in the middle for this to be a relatively competent show it's fun to see Roman Reigns on TV two weeks in a row in back-to-back weeks but I must say I don't think it hits as well when he's there back to back. I think the whole thing about Roman being part-time makes it more special when he does turn up. The the thing is, you can't keep going the return of Roman Reigns, the return of Roman Reigns, the return of Roman Reigns on a a, uh, monthly basis or, or however long the gaps are. So you have to have some consistency, especially when you're building up towards a match. I just feel there's always a lot of pressure on the Roman Reigns segments. They're always good, but the bar has just been raised very, very high. And it does feel that with this match with Jey Uso, that we are possibly coming to the end of this storyline. They can still do something with Solo Sokoa. I think that's the next direction that they can go in, in terms of breaking up the breaking up the bloodline. But I do think by the time we get to WrestleMania, whether it be Cody Rhodes, whether it be Seth Rollins, I think they are the two main rumoured opponents for WrestleMania. I think the Rollins match will get be will get done at the Survivor Series and then you'll get back to Cody at WrestleMania. But however they decide to do things, I think Roman will be walking in with his titles at WrestleMania, but he'll be walking in without everybody else except Paul Heyman. I think the storyline is to strip away everything with Roman until he actually has nothing, which will be the 
loss of the Universal or the WWE Undisputed Universal title. And then we can perhaps look towards a babyface turn. Perhaps there was some hinting of that, some very early hinting of that. We know everything with Roman Reigns and the bloodline involves plotting seeds. And with him saying, I'll always be Roman Reigns, will that be the Roman Reigns that's a babyface after WrestleMania 40? It remains to be seen. Obviously, over the last few weeks, there have been more rumours about The Rock possibly doing WrestleMania again. And now I know we went here last year and um, it didn't come to fruition and it was very much set up for The Rock to to wrestle in Hollywood. But um, there was a lot of controversy surrounding that. Obviously, things were not known about the Endeavour takeover, the situation with Vince McMahon and The Rock was already in a little bit of a sticky situation in Hollywood with the with the fact that Black Adam lost money and that DC weren't going to continue the Black Adam franchise. That was a big slap in the face for The Rock, as was the situation with the XFL, with the XFL being unsuccessful. And now we have the cancellation of Young Rock as well. It's been a bad year for The Rock. And the story is, is that he's hurting for some positive publicity and he could be making a return to WWE. If that's the case, obviously the situation is a lot better than it was last year. Ideally, WrestleMania 38 would have been the right time, but the WWE felt like that they could get another year out of Roman. The Rock felt like it would be better timing for him as well with it being in Hollywood and with him wanting to promote the XFL. But with the whole Vince situation and the fact that WWE were involved in some very controversial stories... Uh, at the end of 2022, it meant that The Rock could not tie himself to the WWE product. Now, it's probably The Rock that needs the WWE more. The WWE have come through those waters. They've managed to navigate that situation and they are strong under the ownership of Endeavor. And now it's The Rock who's had a flop with Black Adam, a flop with Young Rock and a flop with the XFL. And he does need something. So the timing could be perfect. And if that's the case, that definitely leapfrogs any kind of match, rematch with Cody Rhodes, which can wait. The Rock would be the priority. The Rock is the big hitter. The Rock is the big seller. And with this bloodline storyline that you're doing, The Rock fits in perfectly as an extension of that. At the moment, the only extension of this that I can see is Solo Sokoa going up against Roman. And after that, I don't see it continuing. I see that being the end of it. But uh, at the moment, it does feel like we are coming towards the end. Um, we had a lot of highs. And as I said, the bar has been raised very, very high. But it's very difficult to maintain that level on a week-to-week -week basis. The big high points of this storyline this year have, of course, been Sammy turning on the bloodline. We had Jay teasing that he was going to go with Sammy and Kevin and then eventually staying with the bloodline. We had the return of Kevin Owens to save Sammy Zayn and those two reuniting. We had uh, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy Uso leaving the bloodline and then we had Jay's decision to leave the bloodline. We had the pin of Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. These are highs that it's difficult to repeat on a week-to-week -week basis. We'll see what they have in store for us with Tribal Combat, but you have to trust the company at this point and especially when it pertains to this storyline it has been top quality it has the it has been without a doubt the best thing we've seen in the last decade if not the best thing ever because while some people will look at Austin and McMahon and they'll look at the NWO those things those stories never really had a concrete ending they never really had 
a direction. The direction, you would argue, was Steve Austin winning the title. But he did win the title, and then he faced McMahon and or, or had the um, had the rivalry with McMahon throughout his title reign and lost the title a number of, ti- number of times and then regained it back. But that, in the end, became repetitive, as did the NWO dominating WCW. What was the end game of the NWO? You would argue that it was to take over WCW. But the confusing point was is that WWE, uh, WCW rather, were paying their wages and allowing them to appear on television each week and even promoting their pay-per-view matches. So those storylines had big holes in them. This one does not. This one has been perfectly told and therefore for me I can make an argument for it being ahead of the others and this is such a good talking point that this this is going to be the first topic on wrestling lists. We are going to do a top 10 list discussing the best wrestling storylines of all time. So if you want to give us your input for the show, head over to the Twitter account at Dirty Sheets X and uh, give your views and opinions. And you can also tune in on the YouTube and give your views and opinions on the comment section as well. You could tune in live if we were able to get those 3,000 hours of viewing. So if you want to be able to participate as quickly as you can with the day sheets, go and view as many videos as you can. As for the rest of the show, um, as I said, it was a solid show. The big drawback here on the on the show was, of course, the injury of Rey Mysterio. I think that match was set to have a clean finish where Rey would have put over Escobar. That's a shame for Escobar. Perhaps Rey Mysterio will be able to come back and do the honours. Escobar will now challenge Austin Theory next week. There's a lot of complaining about the booking of Austin Theory, but we spoke at length about Austin Theory on the Dirty Sheets this week, and we and I essentially said that he has more of an upside than LA Knight. At the moment, LA Knight is incredibly over. You only have to listen to the audio at the top of the show um, to if you didn't watch SmackDown, but I encourage you to, to go and check it out. He's getting incredible crowd reactions on a week-to-week basis, and you have to go with that to, an ex- to a certain extent. But the face of the company for me is always somebody that is going to be there very, very long term and can pull in a casual audience. I don't think LA Knight does that. I think if you have a week of television without Roman Reigns and the bloodline involved, then you're relying on people to tune in to watch LA Knight perhaps win the US title or win a number one contenders match or something. I don't think that's going to be a casual draw. But he is loved with the wrestling fans and sometimes you do have to look after those wrestling fans because we've seen how easy it is to go from having a... 3 million rating to a 2 million rating, which is something that has happened to wrestling over the last five, six years. So that they don't want to lose their core audience. So you have to cater to this audience. This is the audience who are spending money. They are going to be out there buying their LA Knight t-shirts. They have forced LA Knight into the top five merchandise sellers in the company. Now, I saw a story that was saying that LA Knight was the top merchandise seller in the company or, or some said he was second or, or whatever. That, that just isn't possible. It's not due to LA Knight's popularity. It's down to simple maths, and that is product production. At the moment, there isn't enough investment in LA Knight for him to be there. He doesn't have caps and multiple t-shirts and dog tags. He doesn't even have an action figure at this point. So whilst his t-shirts are probably selling like hotcakes, when you look at the likes of Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch and the Bloodline and even John Cena and Stone Cold Steve Austin still, they have everything available at every show and mass amounts of products online. So 
whilst LA Knight has done well to break into the conversation, it's going to be a while before he has 30 to 40 merchandise items available so that he can actually be the number one or number two merch seller in this company. But he's doing very well. The company should get behind him to a certain extent. But the whole face of the company stuff, I think, is blown out of proportion. I see more upside with Austin Theory long term. But Austin Theory, as me and Cav discussed, definitely needs to find his character, definitely needs to find an X factor. He is missing something. And um, if he can find it, he can be the next big star of the company, can be the next John Cena. And if he doesn't, then I still feel that he could be a long-term star, perhaps more to the level of Randy Orton. Some people consider Orton and Cena as level, but John Cena um, was a big star alongside the likes of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan. Randy Orton was never that. He was always the um, the co-star. And that's what I believe Austin Theory could be if he doesn't tap into that X factor. Of course, Randy Orton as a heel took this game up to the next level. So Theory will still need to do that. He'll need to raise his game no matter what. Because Orton, whilst he didn't quite connect as a top babyface, he did have one of the great heel runs ever when he was playing Psycho IED Randy Orton, which I loved. And uh, I have seen nothing from Theory yet where he gets super over as a face or even super over as a heel. So he does have work to do. But as I said once again, I do see more upside with him than I do with LA Knight because of LA Knight's age and just because I don't see LA Knight connecting with a casual audience. If someone's tuning in and they're seeing these promos of let me talk to you and yeah yes they'll see a crowd that are massively engaged but will they fully understand it i i don't know if they will um elsewhere on this show we saw them continuing to build towards the triple threat match um charlotte and bianca got the wins got the win over the tag team champions chelsea green and Sonya deville can appear on every show which is good for smackdown because they do need the eye candy i was watching the show a little bit more carefully from that perspective after some of my comments on the raw review and i must say there were some people to to look at if you like that sort of thing i think kayla braxton adds something to the show i think there's something about her obviously scarlet's on the show and i think it's a wise move to bring the tag champions over here because you get to look at chelsea Green and Chelsea Green, I think, has done really well since she's come over to the WWE. Initially, obviously, earmarked for that Karen character. I don't think she was probably earmarked to go into the ring and wrestle against the best women in the company initially, but she's proven herself and that's what she's doing. She's very good at playing a character. She's a very good talker. She looks great. She's decent enough in the ring. This is the type of woman that you should be pushing because she can draw in your casual audience. And the ideal situation for WWE is not to have the likes of Bailey or Dakota Kai or EO Sky or, or Oscar or even Charlotte at the top of your company. If you can have extremely beautiful women like Maxine and Chelsea Green who look like a million bucks, they can talk well and they can wrestle, that is who you want on top of your company. So whilst Charlotte has been great, Rhea Ripley's doing a great job. Um, at times, bailey has been very good in this company. I can see why people are fans of Oscar and EO Sky, but beautiful women who can do everything they can do, or maybe do it to a slightly lesser extent, they are going to always be more successful. And that's why hopes are very high for Tiffany Stratton. But uh, Charlotte and Bianca got the win. I have no doubt this is going to lead to a rematch for the tag titles where 
Deville and Green get their win back and there is some further dissension between uh, Bianca and Charlotte because the build-up really centres around them and Oscar's kind of a background player, although I do think Oscar will be picking up the win at SummerSlam. Um, There were more attempts to revive what has been a pretty dead character in Killer Cross, Karrion Cross. Uh, He got the win, an easy win over Anderson. He then continued to attack him after the match and the OC made the save. Everybody in this is dead. AJ's booking under Triple H has been absolutely appalling. I don't know why they bought the uh, OC back because Gallo and Anderson have always been overpaid and utilised poorly in the WWE. Mia Mia Yim just looks completely out of place and you shouldn't be in a position where you're rebuilding Cross. He shouldn't have taken the losses that he took. He lost a couple of matches in, in just a few minutes on TV. He lost to Rey Mysterio. He lost to AJ Styles. This guy has taken far too many losses and you've put yourself in a position where you're having to rebuild the character. I actually have an idea for where I would be taking the Cross and Scarlet character. And I'm going to discuss that with Cav. So if you want to hear my views on that, that will be over on the day sheets because I want to go back and forth with Cav about that in terms of where I would take the Cross character. So that's something that I've earmarked for a discussion. Um, on to the main event, uh, Grayson Waller again gets to work with a top star, but again, Grayson Waller has to lose. Grayson Waller hasn't won a single match in the company. Some would argue that he's in a great spot because he's already main eventing and he got to step in the ring with Edge on his debut. But uh, wins and losses matter and Waller does need to win a match, in my opinion, if he is going to be this big star that many people think that he's going to be. He's obviously a great talker. He's decent in the ring, otherwise he wouldn't be working with these guys. But wins and losses matter and um, you do need to do something positive with Grayson Waller in terms of building him up. I think it's difficult on this show when you have somebody like Waller and you have the Austin Theory project as well and you only have one United States title and then you have Roman Reigns obviously holding the, the main title long term. It's very difficult because some people are saying that WWE want to have a Mexican babyface champion, which would mean Santos Escobar would win the US title. Some people are still behind Austin Theory and believe that he is the future of the company. Then you have Grayson Waller and you really want to do something more with him. But realistically, his ceiling is the US title as it is for a few guys on SmackDown if they can't put themselves in a position to challenge for Roman Reigns and a few guys should be in a better position to challenge for Roman Reigns. AJ Styles is kind of uh, kind of dogged down in this carrying cross situation but once he was drafted to SmackDown he could have been a potential challenger for Roman Reigns as could uh, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley at the moment is doing this uh, this thing with the with the Street Profits which is obviously leading to a faction I imagine Carmelo Hayes is going to be coming into that at some point and it will be very interesting to to see what happens with Carmelo Hayes and the NXT title tonight against Dragunov because if he's going to come up to the main roster, he's already being teased for this existing storyline and I don't think he's coming into this storyline as the current NXT champion. So whether that switch happens tonight or whether it happens at the next NXT pay-per-view that's already been announced, I do believe Carmelo Hayes will be coming in. But we are short of challenges for Roman Reigns on this brand. Obviously, at some point, you can bring in Randy Orton, and that's a match you haven't done. But Randy Orton, you would think it would make more sense to go on the same brand as Riddle, either to 
re-challenged for the tag titles or to have him and Riddle have the feud that they didn't have before. So lots of questions, lots of things up in the air. I think we'll have more of a sense of direction after SummerSlam. But at the moment, we are heading towards SummerSlam. The card is looking very good. There isn't too much filler on there. I think every match has been built up correctly. Obviously, we had a Battle Royal announced on this show, but that was simply to get as many people on SummerSlam as you possibly can. So therefore, that makes sense to me as well. That's it for me and this edition of the SmackDown Review. I'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, thanks for listening.